Hello and welcome to Connected episode 261. It is made possible this week by our sponsors, ExpressVPN, Eero, and FreshBooks. My name is Stephen Hack, and I'm joined in person by Mr. Mike Hurley. Hello. What's up? I'm in Memphis again. We're going to talk about why in a minute. Mm-hmm. But we are together in the studio. We can give each other a high five as proof. Can't fake that in logic later. It is hot outside. It is nice in here. Mm-hmm. And we are without Federico this week, which mm-hmm. is sad. He couldn't make it. He said, if I can't be there in person, don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And I kind of respect that. Yep. So he'll be back next week. Yep. His iOS 13 review goes up tomorrow. tomorrow. So we're going to talk a lot about that next week. He's just in the final stages of getting that ready. I've been uh, leafing through it, and no, to no surprise, it's really good. It's really good and really big. Just like Federico. He's pretty tall. He's taller than you think he would be. Mm-hmm. It surprised me the first time we met. Big, tall Italian boy. That's mm-hmm. what we call him. The BTIB. <laughs> sure. We have big, some... Big, tall energy. <laughs> so we have some follow-up. That's what we do at the beginning of the show. And uh, let's start by talking about phones that we may or may not have ordered. Products, not just phones. Products. 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 I didn't order any other products. You sure? Uh-huh. Even for... Okay. All right. Well, that one thing's a surprise, so don't ruin that. Okay. I mm-hmm. ordered a iPhone 11 Pro, the smaller of the two, in I was with Space Gray. After all the hands-on videos and stuff, talked to me into Space Gray, and I think the camera bump will be less noticeable in the back. The black it just sounds like in all black. Hope like a, there's no reason why it would be better or worse in all black. Well, black cameras floating in white glass seems. But then maybe that takes your attention away from the bump and just to the lenses. Whatever. I ordered Space Gray for the first time in a long time. Excited about that. And, uh, what, 256 gig on AT&T? So that's my phone. Something that I don't think I'd noticed until the orders went up. I cannot believe that this phone starts at 64 gigabytes for $1,000. Same as the 10 and 10S. But yeah, it's ridiculous. It should be at 128. It just feels like at this point we should have moved on from this. Mm -hmm. And I just think that it's kind of crazy that they're still doing that. Mm -hmm. Because really, this phone starts at 1149. It doesn't start at 999 because you shouldn't be spending $1,000 and getting 64 gigabytes of storage. Well, not if you're a pro. Well, that's part of it though, right? But I just mean like if you're spending that, you shouldn't be getting that because you're not going to be happy with it. Right, like it doesn't matter what Apple keeps doing to iOS to make iOS more space efficient, you will come up against that 64 gigabytes really fast. Mm-hmm. Like especially they keep making the cameras better, which means they take more data, so all of your images are getting bigger. 4K video, 4K is huge. video is supposed to be what you're watching on this thing because you've got your Dolby Atmos and your whatever it is, and it just feels like. It just feels silly. Like, I know it's like, what's the point of even complaining about it? Like, because it's just like, it is what it is with them, with this stuff. But I just think that I wouldn't be frustrated about the uh, the 11 so much starting there. But the Pro should not be starting at 64 gigabytes. It just shouldn't. $1,000 should get you more than 64 gigabytes of storage on a phone. Agreed. What did you do? Um, so, because I'm not... I can't. I'm not going to be in uh, the UK right on Friday because we're going to be doing the podcastathon, which we'll talk about in a bit. I didn't order through the traditional channels, right? Like I didn't place an order because I can't pick it up, and I'm not at home to receive it. So I'm working on trying to get one for when I get home 
the gold one. But we're still also trying to get one for the podcast-a-thon as well. Yeah, I'll have mine at least, and we'll see if we can get you one. We're still trying. We're still working on that. So, but so that that will be a thing. So we can unbox one on the on the actual stream. So I'm still trying to get one, but otherwise I'm going to be picking one up on Monday the 23rd. So I will be picking one up then if I can't get it, and that will be the gold uh, 256. Okay, the max. The max, and I also I have ordered a gold 256 regular Ferradino too. The pro. The pro. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, w- I went through of her like, and I showed her all the stuff and was like, you can choose, right? Because you've got colors and all that kind of stuff. Um, and she was, she wanted to have all the best camera stuff that she could possibly have. Sure. Because that matters to her, right? It's the reason she wants to upgrade. So she's on a 10 um, and she's been jealous of the 10R photos. Uh, sorry, the, the 10S photos for a bit. We'll talk about that later on. Um, but now she wants to, to upgrade to get the better camera. So the pro is the best option for her as well because that's where the best camera lives so. what is she using now a 10 okay she was on se for a long time right no she was gonna buy the se she had a five for a long that's time that's what i'm thinking of. and then she was gonna buy the se but was so mad about the fact that it was super expensive and just looked like her current phone that she got a six okay and then no a 6s i think and then she lived with that 6s until the 10 okay so this is the the most uh, the shortest upgrade cycle for her in a long time. Yeah. yeah. Over on Six Colors, Jason had this awesome interview mm-hmm. about the uh, ultra wideband U1 chip that's mm-hmm. in the new phone. So we spoke a little bit about this week. There's really not much information out there about this, but it is basically technology that allows devices to locate each other with like pinpoint accuracy. And Apple's using it for AirDrop, and we can all just assume that it's going to be part of any sort of device tracking system in the future. Uh, But Jason landed this interview, uh, and it's a great read. If you haven't seen this yet, I definitely recommend it if you want to know more about this technology and what people think it could do in the future. Yeah. I'm really excited about this. I mean, it seems like there's all sorts of things that this could do beyond just losing your keys, but like think about it in like industry and like commercial settings. It seems really neat. Yeah. He spoke to um, a marketing president, at a company that makes these chips. It's not the company that's making the chips for Apple, but it's just a company that is invested in ultra wideband technology. And I mean, of course the VP of marketing for an ultra wideband company is going to be really excited about ultra wideband. Sure. But he does liken it to when Apple put uh, Wi-Fi chips in the max for the first time right like put wi-fi card inside and it's like that opened up so much possibility and they say that there is a lot of possibility here too and there is i mean when you go through and look at some of the potential options even for for technology that doesn't even exist yet like ar or whatever having these devices being able to talk to each other at a much closer rate is great and there's a lot of stuff that could be done for smart home you know like i thought about the idea of it's really nice to have NFC stickers that you can tap when you leave the office to set the hue lights, yeah, but wouldn't it right just there. be better if the devices all spoke to each other and I never mm-hmm. had to do anything? Yeah, because right now, so much geofencing stuff, it's not super accurate, right? No. So like for me, for my use case, for my offices in my yard, my backyard, a geofence, if I go in the house, like that's not far enough. No. And so nothing can be automated and based not, on location. It's also not precise enough a technology, in my opinion, that I'm willing to trust it greatly for the for like really important things. But 
ultra wide band with it's like what like 10 centimeter range or whatever like i'm willing to trust that that's a good that's a good level of range for me so i'm excited about it but we'll have to wait and see if and what apple do with it but they have made their own chip again so they're probably going to do something mm-hmm. i want to point people also to mac power users episode 500 uh, a because 500 is a huge nice round number that's, that's exciting congratulations thank you uh uh, for this, I interviewed my co-host, David Sparks. We were live at the Mac conference back in July, mm. where the bulk of this episode takes place. It's sort of a, the middle of the episode is from July, the beginning of it is from now, kind of merged them together through the magic of editing. And it was great to talk about to David about his work and how he ended up in this, but a lot of good listener questions. Uh, just really happy with how, how it came out. And we <laughs> we swore the Mac audience to secrecy about the interview because we recorded it six weeks ago and they all uh kept their pledges so i don't think anything got out <sighs> nothing got to the press that's right i think we are the press well other press other press nothing got to upgrade that's was true. nothing was leaked on upgrade nothing was leaked do you want to tell people about our trip out west yeah <laughs> we uh we, we're kind of getting things ready for the podcast of fun this week so we did a twitch stream a couple of days ago where we played oregon trail uh i played it for the first time and no spoilers, but I'm the best Oregon Trail player of all time. So we put that up on our YouTube channel, so you can go and watch that if you want to. If you want to see me and Steven uh, playing Oregon Trail and raising money for St. Jude at the same time. It was a lot of fun. And we got a game of Super Muncher thrown at the end. Yeah, I didn't like that one. Oregon Trail was fine. Super Munchers was boring. Sorry. Wow. I'm sorry. You're just bad at picking out reptiles. Yeah, sure, but it's boring. Uh, so... In two days, we're going to be doing our podcast-a-thon. Mm-hmm. I'll let you talk about that. But the reason we're doing it is September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. We've been talking about it. Uh, our initial goal was to raise $75,000 for St. Jude, which is an institution here in Memphis that treats kids without regard for their family's ability to pay for that treatment. What's cool is St. Jude's reach is far beyond just Memphis. It is. It happens to be in my backyard, mm-hmm. but they, well, not my backyard, down the street a little bit, but they do treat kids from all over the country and all around the world. And then they share their research with organizations, including the World Health Organization, all around the globe. So kids with cancer in all sorts of uh, far distant places can benefit from the work happening right here in Tennessee, which is cool as a local guy. But the, the, the thing that I really want to point people towards is that they do this without charging the families and if anyone's been through this with a loved one or a friend you know how expensive these treatments can be and to have the best treatment and the best research in the world and to have your travel paid for and your meals paid for and anything you need while you're here paid for lets you focus on the task at hand of seeing your kid through this uh this nightmare honestly and saint jude does that and as a recipient of that for now 10 years with our son, I can tell you that there's no place on earth quite like this. And that's why we're excited to do what we do each September. Uh, we, we, we've we blown past the $75,000 goal. We are quickly approaching $150,000, <laughs> just twice our original goal. And uh, we moved the goalpost to one seventy five because we are doing this 
show on Friday. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so from 4 to 10 p.m. Eastern, um, there is a link in the show notes to a Twitch event where you can see what the time will be in your own time zone. Uh, We're going to be streaming live from St. Jude's campus for, yes, six hours, and we're going to be doing the first ever Relay FM podcast-a-thon. Me and Stephen are going to be there in person. Uh, We have some great interviews with some uh, important people uh, who will be coming in, and we also have a bunch of uh, Relay FM hosts as well Skyping in. It's going to be new Apple product day, so there's going to be a lot of talk about that, and there's going to be some games that we're going to play. Um, Jason Snell's put together a wonderful game, which may be familiar to some people who've listened to our previous episodes of this show. Um, and we're going to be doing the best we can to try and raise money uh, for St. Jude. So that is September 20th, this Friday, from 4 to 10 p.m. Eastern time in America, uh, which is a decent time for people to most over the world to catch at least some, mm-hmm. um, which is why we chose this time. Uh, so please tune in for as much as you possibly can uh, and see all the fun things we're going to do to try and convince you to give us more money. That's right. We are going to host the video on YouTube when it's done. Yep. And we're going to post the audio. Some people have asked us for the, the audio. It's going to be a big MP3. Just be, be prepared. Maybe it'll be multiple ones. We don't know. I have yet. to like, see. It depends. The six-hour file may break everything. We'll mm-hmm. find out. Uh, but that will be hosted in a new feed on Relay FM. So if you go to relay.fm slash departures, mm-hmm. that is a feed we've set up just for our special event. So right now the family feud is in there just to have something there for episode one. Yep. This won't be a feed that's updated very often, but Few as we do wacky things over time. I think any live show can go in there. You know, like any live event that we do, we can try and put in there if it makes sense um, rather than living in disparate places because li- our live events tend to have multiple hosts at them. Yeah, if so. it's that, um, you know, I think like the connected WWC, maybe not. We'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but relay.fm slash departures, we'll be tweeting that link. Uh, I hope to have that stuff up at some point over the weekend. That's going to take a long time for that video <laughs> to, to get where it needs to go. Um but we'll definitely share those links in next week's show notes as well. Yep. So if, we'd love if you hung out on Twitch live this Friday. Uh, but if you can't, we understand. Uh, you can check it out later. And, of course, you can donate at stjude.org slash connected. On to tiny topic number one. Mm-hmm. And it's an ironic tiny topic because this is a big topic. It's a 27-inch topic. Mm. Mike, you are buying a new computer. Yeah, I think we've touched on this a little bit. Um, but I have placed an order with a Apple business rep. I haven't paid for it yet, um, but I will be paying for it very soon because I don't want them to ship it to me because I'm here and not at home. It's just like sitting outside your home. Probably <laughs> That's a, bad a bad idea. Bad idea. <laughs> uh, I bought a 27-inch iMac Pro. Um, Hooray. Welcome to the club. Thank you. I got the 8-core, 3.2 gigahertz, 8-core Intel Xeon W processor, the which base. I don't know if you know, can turbo boost up to 4.2 gigahertz. I'm aware, yes. I got 64 gigabytes of RAM and a 2 terabyte SSD. They're, so, the, they're the two things that I added to so it. So it's the base CPU, yep. double the RAM, double the SSD, yep. the entry-level GPU. Yes. I put entry-level in air quotes because it's a really good it GPU. Yeah. Although there are newer ones. So this is what I want to talk to you about. I think you're fine buying this at this point. There's no rumor of an iMac Pro update. Mm-hmm. I don't think that there are Xeons that could go into it yet. The Xeons and the Mac Pro are different. There are GPUs they could put in an iMac Pro. But honestly, like I mean, I've had an iMac Pro since the beginning of last year, whenever it was basically new. I've got the stock base model, so half the RAM and half the storage you do. 
And I can honestly tell you, it's the best computer I've ever owned. So you said that. I saw Marco say that. Um, Jason I, loves his. Jason, everybody that I know that has one yeah, loves Sparky's it. Sparky's got one. Made it an easy choice. There, the specific reason that I'm doing it now is I don't want to run Catalina on my iMac. So I'm buying it before that becomes a possible situation. Now, right. of course, they could and very are very likely to update it with something, right? Like maybe it's a new chip or whatever. But I am running with basically no problems a 2015 iMac. Yeah. I think it was the first 5K. I think you're right, yeah. I don't ne- really need a ton more power. The than machine's it. four years old. But I wanted a bit more because it's getting slow oh, in some It's going to be a lot more power, man. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to so be surprised. I wanted more power. And then I think I may have mentioned this in the past as well. Then because a family member desperately needs a new computer. Okay. Which gave me the additional push to be like, all right, it's I'll always, just do it now. always nice when you can help somebody out. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're safe even if they update it. It would be... You're still getting a really great computer. The the update to Catalina thing is interesting. We spoke about this, I think, off the show, but a couple of things can happen here. So the iMac Pro originally came with High Sierra, and Hi. it may be that yours could run High Sierra, but Apple can't at any point silently revise the firmware or something on the machine and make it require yep. something else. So I assume that your iMac Pro will come with Mojave on it out of the box, and Say that Catalina comes out October 15th, a made-up date. I'm not leaking anything. Mm-hmm. It's a made-up date. It may be that you could still get Mojave either out of the box or or downgrade it well into the future. But to your point, that's not a guarantee. And I don't want to roll the dice on it. I don't like to mess with things. Right? No. Like, and, I and am still on Mojave, I think. You're on High Sierra, you mean? I'm on High Sierra. I don't know which one I'm on. Mojave is the current one. You're one back. I'm one back. So you're I'm high on Sierra. High Sierra. I'm on High Sierra. I, I haven't upgraded to Mojave. Wait, when did they add dark mode? Mojave. Then I'm on Mojave. I had to upgrade for some reason. Okay. There was something that was stopping but you, me. Yeah, but Catalina is not going to be ready on day one for no, professional I mean, work. But I upgraded to Mojave not on day Rec- one. Yeah, you um, did it pretty recently. Oh, you know what? Maybe I am. Maybe I'm thinking about my Mac Mini and being on Mojave. I think my my iMac is on High Sierra. I, I, I spoke out of time. Yeah, I'm thinking okay. about because uh, I was thinking. Well, I've thought. tried out dark mode, but I tried out dark mode on my on, Mac Mini. On your, your little home server yeah, there, because that's what that shipped with. So I I want to stay behind. I especially want to stay behind on Catalina because it's a it's a lot of change. It's a lot of change, and it seems like it is just introducing more problems. The reason that I like to stay a step behind is because my machine, my Mac is not for fun. Right. I, right. Like It's a tool. It, it, I don't use it like I use my other devices where like I want to be on the latest and greatest to have all the fun features. Right. I want a completely stable environment. Yes. Nothing to change. Mm-hmm. That's what I want because if something messes up and I lose a day trying to fix it. It's a nightmare. I don't want that. Like that is a day's time that I've lost, which mm-hmm. is valuable, and I don't really have that to spare to frustrating computer problems. So the, that's uh, why I, that's why I'm pulling the trigger at a time where I would not recommend other people do that. Right? Like, sure. If you are buying a new computer, at this especially point, a new professional Macintosh, wait a month. This is a terrible time to buy one. So, so that's what I want to ask you. So you have spoken in the past about an interest in the Mac Pro. Yeah. What changed? What's pushing you into the iMac Pro? Price. Is that I, it? I just. I, I mean, it's a big reason. It's it's super expensive. Well, we don't know yet, but we assume. Well, the base model is $1,000 more than the iMac Pro yep. with a worse GPU, a quarter of the storage, 
and no display. Yeah, it's like I don't know how much it would end up costing me, but the price that it will be, I know from what I can already see, is more than I am willing mm-hmm. to spend when the iMac Pro is sitting there for five grand. The, it, the iMac Pro is an expensive computer. There's no way around no. it. But a funny thing has happened where the Mac Pro has made the iMac Pro look like a pretty good deal yes. if you're shopping at the high end. Because I would have to spec it up. Like, I mean, how much is it really going to cost me, right? Like, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to do to configure it like everyone yeah. to get 64 gigabytes of RAM and a 2 terabyte SSD. To match the iMac Pro you bought, the yeah. Mac Pro will be significantly more. And that's without a display. So and if you go buy the LG like, one, you're adding, what, two grand? If you buy Apple's, you're adding seven? For like, the work that I'm doing, I can't imagine that the increase in the processor from the iMac to the Mac Pro is really going to no. give me that much. No. And it's going to be in the fact that, yes, I have a good 8-core processor and really good fast RAM. Mm-hmm. Does it have the same... Is the, is the, um, the Mac Pro's RAM better? Is it faster? It's ease, it is, isn't it? It's, I think it is faster. They both use EEC memory? I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, ECC memory. But they do. Yeah, the, I, believe, the quote. I believe the Mac Pro uses faster memory. But honestly, for what you do... I think the biggest difference is you don't need something like the afterburner card no. to accelerate 8K video. Because right? I don't do anything video-wise Right, anymore. and so if you're doing what we do, audio, or even like, you know, I do some 4K work, and the, the iMac Pro, the base iMac Pro that I have is still plenty fast. Mm-hmm. I think for your and I needs, the iMac Pro is a better machine. That doesn't mean I'm not tempted by the Mac Pro. That doesn't yeah. mean there won't be one under my desk at some point. But the iMac Pro... Oh is, no! Is, it runs the same. Machine. The DDR4 ECC memory, like same speed, 20, 20, 2666 megahertz. Okay. Um. So it runs like I'm looking yeah. at mine. It's the same. Yeah. I mean, the iMac Pro is for people who need add-on cards or who just need mm-hmm. as much GPU power for as me, you can get. The Mac Pro thing was always like, what could I get that would be useful to me, right? And what Apple have decided to build. I mean, we spoke about this at length at this point, but it is outside of my requirements. Mm-hmm. I was wondering, like, will this thing start cheaper right. and have standard parts that I can upgrade? The answer to both of those things is pretty much no. We, mm-hmm. we know it's not starting cheaper. And when I'm talking about, like, standard, like, can I take the graphics card from my PC and put it in this thing? No, I cannot do that. Right? Like, it's not going to be as simple as that. Right, and that's what I was kind of hoping for. Yeah, well, I mean, if you have, if you're using AMD cards, it is, but the NVIDIA support's pretty bad. Yeah, I'm using a video card, but it, that's what that's what I'm saying, right? So, but like then I, you know, it needs to go in those special enclosures that they have, right? Is that right for no, graphics cards? You no, can just put you, can, you can put a straight PCI card in it. Okay, the enclosures they have are bridging two GPUs into right. the one. Okay, so you can put. Like so, say like the Radeon Seven card, mm-hmm. which is a, a GPU Apple could use in the iMac Pro at some point. I, I assume you could buy that and put it in a Mac Pro because the AMD drivers are all part of Mac OS. Apple's cards are just beefier than what you can get off the shelf easily. Okay, but but to your point, it's not just an open PC either, right? Like no. there, there is an, there are unusual things about I, I it. I didn't think they would build that, but I wanted to see how far they would go, and I think for me, it's maybe not not far enough. Like I, it, in a weird way, even though the iMac is completely closed. I feel kind of more confident in the iMac's ability to be a running computer that's going to last forever and be good mm-hmm. than the Mac Pro, which we have no idea the potential pitfalls they have designed themselves into yet. We just don't know that. Right. The iMac Pro at this point is a known element. It is a known quantity. Mm-hmm. We do not know what the Mac Pro is going to, how it's going to ship. 
right? Like, what yep. is it going to be like when it ships? Because in theory, there shouldn't have been a problem with the last one, but there I, was. I got one sitting over there. Yep. Little trash can. What that is really good for, actually, is for picking names out of little pieces of paper. That's the best thing it does. So you're looking at an iMac Pro. Mm -hmm. You're probably going to pull the trigger soon. What about the Galaxy Fold? Uh, This is is the most expensive month of your life. I don't want to talk about it. Why is everything so difficult? So (laughs) the Galaxy Fold goes on sale in the UK today, right? So I go to their website, and I click where to buy, right? Mm -hmm. So you can choose where to buy. And I have some options. I have EE, which is a carrier, which is my carrier. Okay. Like a carrier store, like mm-hmm. go buy it from them. And when I click on that, all I'm given is the option to buy it on a pay monthly plan, right? Hmm. They want me on a plan. Two-year plans starting at kind of around £100 a month, which wow. is very expensive for a phone. But the, all these plans these days lump in the price of the phone. Like you, you, right. Right. This is like, so their recommended plan is £119 a month. You pay fifty pounds for the phone. Now remember, this is like a close to—I don't even remember what the final price is—but like a two thousand pound phone, right? It's really expensive, and it's five G, hundred and twenty gigabytes of data. It's a great plan, right? Because this is a five G phone as well. How's five G coverage in the UK? Here, it's like you have to be on the right street corner in London. I mean, I haven't tested it, but you can get good speeds in London. But it is this, a similar thing, right? Where it's like you've got to be in the right place at the right time. But I do live in London, so I'm in a city where it's being built mm-hmm. out. Um, so that's one option. I don't particularly want to do that. I don't want to lock myself into a two-year plan for this phone. No. Ideally. Even though, like, you know, I've run the numbers, it probably wouldn't end up being that much more expensive, but it will be a bit more expensive, right? So then I'm like, all right, let me just buy it from Samsung. Can't. Let me ask you a question. This is Samsung's phone. Mm-hmm. Do you think you can buy it on Samsung's website? I would think so. You cannot do that. <laughs> My other options are experience it in store. And I have two options. I have Samsung KX is what it says. Do you want to know what Samsung KX is, Stephen? It sounds like a cereal. It is a... Uh, it's not a shop, is what their website says. It is an event space. Mm. So I can buy it in an event space, which is nice, I guess. Oh, I can receive a hand-on experience of the Galaxy Fold and unfold the future, apparently. So that's good to know. Um, Someone I don't, like helps you unfold it. But I don't know if, I, if I'm just touching it or can I buy it. It doesn't tell me if I'm able to actually buy it. I can just look at it. Or you can click on the Samsung uh, store, right? Samsung Experience Stores. And I just found out their locations. Can't buy it. Um, and then also is available at Harrods and Selfridges, two luxury, extreme luxury department stores. They're being very specific with this. I don't know why I can buy it online on EE's website, mm-hmm. but can't buy it on Samsung's website. If you're buying it through Samsung, they want you to go to a place. So that you don't uh, peel the screen off. I don't. I guess that's <laughs> part of it, right? But if that's the case, let me buy it on... If I can buy it on EE's website and they'll just ship it to my house... Let me buy it on your website because I don't want to be on a plan with. Them. So, I get the sense that Samsung is selling it begrudgingly at this point because there were pre-orders in the U.S. They gave everybody their money back. Mm-hmm. They they're not here in the U.S. yet, and this phone has a curse or something above it that is going to seems like it's going to follow it forever. So maybe they're just they are quote selling it, but actually buying it is extremely difficult because they don't want to have it on the market they don't want to make it 
easy, I think, for people to buy this phone. I would love to know if like I can book a time at this store and go and get one, this like experience store, mm-hmm. but nothing claims this. It's just like, oh, come and look at it. Hmm. It's like, well, now, then what do I do? So... No. Keep us updated. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably just going to try and buy one. So when I go back home and if I am going to go to the Apple store to get an iPhone, I will be surrounded by, I mean, I'm in the center of London then. There are There is a Samsung store and there's a Selfridges and I could go to Harrods. So my plan is to attack these places until mm-hmm. one of them will let me give an incredible amount of money to buy this phone because I know connected listeners are dying for my review of the Samsung Galaxy Fold at this point. Sure. I know they are. They better be. I'm so I'm still very excited about it. I I will fight against anything Samsung is putting in my way, which so far has been a lot mm-hmm. to try and just plead them to take my money <laughs> to give me their fundamentally flawed phone. Good luck with that. Thank you. This episode of Connected is brought to you by ExpressVPN. You might think that no one would want your online data or snoop on you, but if you browse the web without anything to protect your privacy, you risk hackers and ad companies and more collecting your data. And it really does happen to everyday people, which is why I use and recommend ExpressVPN. It runs in the background of your computer or phone or tablet. It encrypts your data and hides your IP address. You just download the app, click to connect, and you're protected. ExpressVPN is rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar. It uses new cutting-edge technology called Trusted Server to make sure there's no logs of your activity online, and it costs less than $7 a month and comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Anytime I'm out, if I'm at the coffee shop or in an airport or traveling, you better believe that ExpressVPN is on and running on my devices. And it's great. It integrates really nicely, like on iOS works very easily with the system settings for VPN, just like you would expect, connects very quickly, and gives me great peace of mind on the internet. Protect your online activity today and find out how you can get three months for free at expressvpn.com slash connected. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash connected for three months free with a one-year package. Take back your online privacy today by going to expressvpn.com slash connected. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of this show and Relay FM. It is new product week, and uh, here on Wednesday, the embargoes have been lifted on the iPhones and the Apple Watches. So there are just a bunch of reviews that we've read and watched in the show notes. I thought we could maybe talk about some high-level stuff. And it seems like the camera improvements are the thing that have grabbed people's attention this year on the phone. I mean, as always... It's always camera improvements, right? Like that's, it's always going to make the headlines because that's what Apple are doing every year. That's what you can always count on, that the camera's going to get better. But this feels like one of those years where they've gone and done something wild. And it's more than the fact that they added another lens, right? Like they seem to have done a lot more from the software processing side to make their images look better. And I am dying to try out this camera because it looks legit i mean the battery is also making a lot of headlines too because they've made huge jumps in battery levels especially on the pro 
right? Like adding four or five hours of battery life to your phone it's wild. Is, is bonkers. Like that's unprecedented from Apple. Mm-hmm. It is. And it's a, it's a promise they can't walk back. So I've been thinking about this in terms of 5G coming in the future. Right now, mm. you get a 5G phone like your beloved Oopsie Fold, daisies. and the battery life's miserable on all uh-huh. of them. Just like it was with LTE back in the day. Remember, Android phones first got big when LTE came out because they'd have bigger batteries. The iPhone used to have text in in the settings, and it will have it again, where you could enable it, but it said it would reduce your battery life. Do you remember that? I don't, but I believe it. It used to, you could you could choose, and it was like you can stand on 3G or you can go on 4G. Which you get you faster speeds, but reduce the battery life of your phone. But they can't walk back four to five hours. No, right. the phone still has to have it. Right. Right. And so uh, that's an interesting dynamic that may come up in the future. Gruber and his reviewer t- was talking a lot about 3D touch going away and that hardware going away and that maybe opening the door to bigger battery. And clearly there's some element to the the new processor because even the 10r to the 11 gained an hour but i think it does have a bigger battery but it has a bigger battery and getting rid of the 3d touch the sensors which added depth to the display and the phones are slightly thicker and slightly heavier it seems like apple that was a a big deal for them this year and i think it's great you know we're going to talk about sort of our experience with the 10s i tell you the battery life on the regular 10s is not very good and I'm excited for the 11 Pro to have a big bump there. But the the cameras, I'm with you. I'm really excited to try them. The more examples I've seen of people posting from the ultra wide, I think there's a lot of creative things we can do with that. And I see now why the 11 has that and not the telephoto. Even though it's more fun, I like the telephoto and I find it really useful. I think the ultra wide is more fun. I think people have a better time with that. And Man, the night mode photos look really good. Jason, yeah, just had... before, sorry, just before we do move on to the camera stuff, I just I, I saw this link yesterday and went to bring it up. Mac Rumors got some filings from the Chinese regulatory agency Tenna. Uh, the batteries are twenty five percent larger. Wow! So the um, the eleven Pro Max has effectively a four thousand milliamp hour battery, which the Ten S Max had a three thousand milliamp hour battery. So a big jump. So they're huge. So it's, yes, the phones got thicker, which allowed for it. But I would expect this, that that Gruber is right that removing the 3D touch also allows sure. for that. It probably wasn't why they removed 3D touch, but when they were doing the pros and cons of removing it, I'm sure this was yeah, on well, the list. I mean, as soon as the 10R came out with haptic touch, which is just a long press instead of the deep force touch, 3D force touch deep press. That's the full name. It. Uh, I think the writing was on the wall. Yes, I agree with you. So the only thing that has 3D Touch now is the trackpads on the Macs and the Apple Watch. And even in watchOS 5, and I haven't run watchOS 6, but even in watchOS 5, the importance of 3D Touch has been diminished. Mm -hmm. And you can see where they could get rid of it there as well in the future. Yep. Because again, more battery life on the Apple Watch is always a good thing. Yep. But uh, so yeah, so the night mode, Jason posted this picture uh, last night or today just outside and you know there's been lots of examples of this but the, the what caught me in his example so it's of a car in his neighborhood and like a driveway that's lit and in the night mode photo you can see like the stars in the sky which blows my mind that that's possible on a camera that goes in your pocket yeah and as well like in john gruber's review uh some of his photos of inside of a dimly lit bar 
were amazing. Like the fact that you could see, like he was posting, this is what it looks like on a, like a 10s, and mm-hmm. this is what it looks like on the 11 Pro with the night mode is, I'm really excited for the night mode stuff. I'm very, very pleased that they're adding it because the phone needs it after seeing what Google could do. Um, so I'm really excited to see that they're doing it at what looks like to be a very, very high level too. Yeah, I think Apple has probably recaptured the best smartphone camera for most people. We'll see what the Pixel 4 does because well, it's going to be out next month. A lot of people are saying, right, like this is now the phone to beat and the iPhone has not been the phone to beat since, for a while. Since the Pixel 2. And it, you right, like so Google's event is in a couple of weeks time, actually about a month's time. It's like October 14th or something like that, which is hilarious considering the fact that we know basically everything. Mm-hmm. about this and that would, by now. And if I were to put money down, that's also the week of Apple's October event. Yeah, if they're going to do one, they'll probably do it that week. Oh, man, can you imagine if they did it on the same I'm going to be on vacation. It's going to be great. <laughs> oh, great. Um, everybody's on vacation, but that's fine. We'll still we'll still be here for you. Don't worry. Um, so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm very intrigued to see what exactly Google will be doing on the camera side because... Apple have really come out swinging this time. It's exciting. I want them to be competitive with the camera because there have been times where I've been in situations and I own a Pixel 3a. I was like, I wish I had the other phone with me. Mm-hmm. I don't like that feeling. And so I think they've really uh, stepped it up. I like something that John Gruber wrote, like a quote from his article, because one of the things about these new lenses, especially when you're in camera mode, but there's also in video mode, when you're not shooting in 4K at 60 frames a second, you can you can change between any of the lenses and it happens smoothly. So you can either zoom with the little zoom wheel or you can like hit the buttons and it will zoom. Now with this current telephoto, it would always like snap, right? But now it does a zoom into these things. And uh, what Gruber says is, What's essential to understand is that you don't need to know that the iPhone 11 camera systems consist of two or three discrete cameras. From the user's perspective, they look and feel like a single camera with multiple zoom levels, which is awesome. I love the the thought of that. Like, I bet that's going to feel much nicer as a way to control that stuff. And Apple talked a lot about how they are much closer in quality. The ultra-wide, though, doesn't have any focus pixels and is... uh, not quite as fast of an aperture and it can't be stabilized in video but the, and they'll get there but it does seem like they have done more work than in the past to make the cameras more similar yep because like if on the 10 or the 10s when you stepped up to the telephoto it was markedly worse and that was always disappointing and it seems like this year they've done some work to help mitigate that. And also as well, like you can now take portrait photos from the regular camera, mm-hmm. not just the telephoto camera. And it uses the like the ultra wide as the way to For help the back, balance background it. stuff. Yeah. So I'm excited about that because you don't have to be so close. The camera is better. It can let more light in. Um, and the examples that I've seen of people that are taking photos with this setup so from the regular camera in portrait mode the portrait shots look a lot better i think it's gonna be awesome yep anything else on the phones that you're yeah. excited about uh well not excited but something that is i think is worth noting is that the opposite uh, of excited yeah 13 <laughs> seems super buggy on the new phones all the rev- all the reviews that i've read comment on this and apple's comment is wait for ios 13.1 basically i'm gonna so we're gonna have 10 10 buggy days I'm going to just put the 13 one beta on it and then migrate. 
a Niven Warrior with 13 now. Really? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to run 13. Because I'm still not running 13 on my iPhone. Yeah. I'm already on the beta, so I'm just going to do it. I will be the sacrificial lamb and let you know what 13 is like. Okay. I think that does raise a question for our listeners. If you're not upgrading your phone this year and you're on 12, do you update to 13 tomorrow when it comes out? Or do you wait a week for 13.1? I mean, I wouldn't wait because there's going to be apps with... I mean, all the apps are going to start popping out. Everyone's going to be talking about 13. Like, I wouldn't wait. I wouldn't be able to wait. Yeah. So, I I would say go for it. Yeah. And... Like, I'm going to be upgrading mine... Tomorrow? Tomorrow. I'm just going to do it. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I would say go ahead and do it. And if something is bad, it's only for a couple of days. But even... Buggy doesn't mean that you're going to have apps that are crashing and stuff. I mean, the betas have gotten a lot better recently. And it seems like, you know, some messages freezing and stuff. give it a couple of hours, though. I never update immediately because of all the years they past did pull, where they, they have, have pulled an update before. Multiple times this has happened. It, you know, it's usually the watch that has the most problems. Mm-hmm. But I'll give it a little bit, make sure that people's phones are actually updating, and then I will uh, then I will be upgrading. Just maybe phone. like tomorrow yep. night. Yep. It's good advice. Good consumer advice. Just keep your eye on Twitter for a couple of hours and then do it. it, it there's just been too many instances of, of updates, bricking phones or whatever, mm-hmm. I think. But also, uh, Apple Watch uh, reviews are out Series as well. Series 5. Um, there are less of these, as you would imagine, right? Like there are just less reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the basic consensus that the always on is a nice addition. I'll read another quote from uh, John Gruber's review. To me, the always on display is the Apple Watch's retina display moment. Once you see it, you can't go back. And I totally can get that, right? Like, yeah. it takes it from, and I've made this, I've made this complaint many times on the show, right? Like, it takes it from being just like a computer watch to a regular watch. You need to be able to see the time on your watch. That's the reason you wear a watch from a fundamental level. Um, it's like, you know, it's like if your iPhone couldn't make phone calls. You need it to make phone calls even every if you don't once want in a, them. Every once in a while. Because at a fundamental level, it is a telephone. Mm-hmm. It is a communications device. Um, so it needs you need to be able to do that. Um, so I'm pleased that now, I, I think that the watch being able to show you the time is significantly more important than your phone being able to make calls. But nevertheless, I'm pleased that it's there. Battery life is still apparently really great. Uh, in Dieter Bone's review on The Verge, he says it meets the 18-hour claim. But the Series 4 exceeded that. Yeah. So battery life is still doing what it should be doing, but it isn't as good anymore. Yeah. Which I think is fair. The Series 4 battery life is bonkers. Definitely above the 18 hours Apple claims. I think that's fine. I think most people are going to still charge it at night. Like that's the default for almost Mm -hmm. everybody unless you sleep track. So I think even 18 hours is is totally fine. What is uh, interesting to me in these reviews is the... um, the really the lack of conversation about the new finishes it seems like the reviewers that I saw got the aluminum ones, which is again is what most people are going to buy. But I am definitely they shouldn't be seen in the reviews at the edition models. They shouldn't be doing that. I disagree because I think people want to see them. So, I mean, some people should get them, but Hodinkee should get those. Sure, or MKBHD, like or give somebody an aluminum man of steel. Yes. But like, there should be more coverage of the higher end ones. And if you're an Apple Watch person and you're interested in the stainless steel or titanium. Hodinkee is not a website you're going to go to. Like, it's a website you go to because you like watches. But I think people you, who so I've just gone Hodinkee's review titanium. Is it? Yeah. So we'll put that in the show notes. Yeah. I, I see. I didn't even, I didn't even yeah. look, and I 
have a couple of wa- like regular watches. I would I- have. I know, it's not, but I would have gone there. But I was traveling yesterday, so I didn't get the opportunity to find as much stuff as I would have wanted to. But yeah, they reviewed the uh, the titanium one. I'm gonna read through this later yeah, on. But today. I think I think having more. Uh, visibility of those other finishes would be nice, God. especially with a new one, because it people really people are interested in the differences. And so, like for me, if I were to buy a, a Series Five, I would I would I would have thought I'd go back to steel because I just don't like the aluminum. But the titanium cuts the weight down. But I really want to see how it looks in person. Yep. And like these pictures look nice, but I want to see it handled. I want to see it in video. I want to see it more and. uh it's uh, you know, something that you can't really do without going into a store if they don't see the review units. But I mean, it's a minor complaint about how they've done this, but I think there should be more visibility of those. WatchOS 6 is interesting to me, too. I have not run WatchOS 6. I've never run a WatchOS beta because no. it seems like a bad Train idea. Rack. But I am excited about the new watch faces. The California watch face seems extremely customizable. I, I like how what I've seen of it so far. That and, would probably be the watch face that I run. Yeah. If I was to have one. I'm excited about the hearing protection, the hearing health stuff. That is really useful for you. It is useful for me as someone who does audio stuff. Well, you have a hearing issue. I have a slight hearing issue. Yeah. Um, and it, it is it, one of those things, though, compared to the other health stuff where, like, a lot of the time you're like, all right, well, so, like, again, going to Dita Bone's video, which is a very, his Apple Watch video is very good. Yeah. He shows himself on his commute, mm-hmm. and he's exceeding the noise levels on the subway. On the subway, so it's like, well, now what then? Yeah, like, yeah. I, do I walk around with earplugs in all the time? Like, yes, you can do that. Sure. But like, as opposed to some of Apple's other health tracking stuff, this is one where it's like, I'm pleased to know this, but like, yeah. Well, sometimes knowing is enough. Or if you have some hearing loss mm-hmm. and you don't want it to get worse, me, uh, then that's something that I am interested in, mm-hmm. and. I think we told the story on the show, but you would tell the story about Casey coming in with the beta. I think I did. Like so, so I was in a hotel room in WWDC with a few friends, and Underscore was there, and he was running the beta on his watch. And Casey came up to the room, and as soon as he came in and said hello to everybody, the well, just Casey's level of excitement as he is because he's a wonderful person. Him just saying hello to everyone excitedly set off Underscore's watch to say that the noise levels were now basically unacceptable, unsafe. Yeah. And it was the best story. It's the best story. I'm so pleased I was there to experience that it's moment. perfect. Because it's the best Casey moment. It's perfect. Uh, the other big health thing in WatchOS 6 is cycle tracking. Yep. I was watching this with Adina this morning. And she turned... like So she was sitting next to me and I was watching it. And they started talking about it. And she like looked over and was like, oh, okay. So I was talking to her about it a little bit. Because I don't know enough about this stuff, right? Um, but she was... You know, she uses an app called Clue. Okay. Which I recommended to her because I saw somebody talking about the design of it years ago. And she was saying that, like, knowing this information is incredibly important because you go and see a doctor and they're like, when was your last period? I was like, well, how the hell am I supposed to know this if you're not recording it? Right. So Apple doing... So she is... um, intrigued and i want to get her opinion on it so i was like well because it's also on the phone too right mm-hmm. like it's yeah, not it's just the, an apple app, watch yeah. uh thing so i so she's gonna she's gonna let me know how it goes for her because it's you know it's it's something that you have to be aware of and this device which is strapped to you all the time which should be recognizing your health changes it it should have these things in it yeah. as well you know they should have really did this before they did the breathing app 
Yes, it's it is embarrassing for Apple that took them six revisions of the software to add this. Mm-hmm. It should so, have should have been here much earlier. It was nice to have her inside about it. So. Uh, Adina is ahead of my wife who uses emojis on her calendar for various stages of things. So look, as long works. as you have a system, she knows. <laughs> Um, That's so good. So yeah, sometimes I like going to the counter, like, oh, there's a frowny face. Um, yeah, so Watch OS 6, I think it's going to be a nice update. It is yeah. available for Series 3 and 4 currently. Mm-hmm. It will run on Series 1 and 2. But not 0. But not, Yeah, 0 it didn't even get Watch OS 5. 0 has been oh, dead okay. for a while. But uh, Series 1 and 2 will get the update soon. Mm-hmm. So they have committed to doing it. I'd imagine that's a performance issue, right? Like mm-hmm. it's just not um, doing what they want it to do yet. So, and I would say from like a buying perspective, if you're on a series one or two, now's a pretty good time to upgrade. If you, if you're looking for a new Apple watch, the series four is great. I, I really like mine, even though I don't wear it every day. It's a fantastic piece of hardware. The series five makes all the best things about it better. So if you're on an older Apple watch and you're considering, is this the time to update or not? I would say that it probably is. Yep, and I want to see what the finishes look like. Yes, uh, we're going to go see them in store on Friday together. Do you think they'll have them? They should do, right? Yeah, they'll be out. All right, we're going to talk some more about Apple stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, we're going to branch out this week. (laughs) All Apple all the time on this show. It's a special, very, very special We did talk about Samsung for a while. Yeah, Uh, that's true. It's true, we did. But I want to tell you about our second sponsor first, and that is Eero. Mike, if you look under my desk, there's an Eero base unit. Hello, right, Eero. Right down there. There it is. I'm connected to it right now. Eero is a game changer because it means you can have internet anywhere in your house. Look, We're my not house, even in your house. My house is way over there. We're out here. Eero is working because there's you know there's always that one room with an unreliable Wi-Fi connection. Mm-hmm. I don't want to know. How, I don't want to say how I know, but our hall bathroom used to be that. Uh, if you're taking a bath and you want to watch some Netflix, it mm-hmm. want to stream. It would buffer, and that was. A real bummer. That is unacceptable. Yeah, you don't want buffering in the bathtub, and Eero fixed it for me. <laughs> Doesn't have a buffer in the <laughs> That was my previous bad Wi-Fi experience, and now <laughs> it is reliable. If I want to take a bath and I want to catch up on uh, something on Netflix, now my iPad works perfectly. Mm-hmm. Because Eero blankets my home in fast, reliable Wi-Fi, so there's constant strong signal wherever we need it. And it sets up in just minutes. You plug it straight into the modem or the router box. You download their app on your phone or iPad, which is really easy to go in. If you just need a simple setup, super easy to do with Eero. But they also give you a lot of tools. Like, we're nerds, right? We want to tinker with our networks. Eero gives you those tools as well, all right within the app. And you can do cool stuff. Like, you can pause Wi-Fi while everyone's eating dinner. So your kids aren't, uh, I don't know what do kids do on their phones. Whatever kids do on their phones, they can't oh, do that husband, at the dinner table. You know, not messing around. Or your spouse. And, yeah. And you get alerts if any device tries to join your network. Mm-hmm. So Eero has fixed all of the Wi-Fi problems. No more dead spots, no more buffering, no more pain in the rear management. And you can get yours fixed as soon as tomorrow by going to Eero.com slash weirdfish and use the code weirdfish, all one word, at checkout to get free overnight shipping with your order. If your Wi-Fi is bad today, it does not have to be bad tomorrow. That's E-E-R-O dot com slash weirdfish with the code weirdfish for free overnight shipping. Our thanks to Eero for their support of this show and Relay FM. I thought we could talk about the devices we've had the last year and how 
we have felt about them. So we're borrowing from ATP. They, uh, I think Marco created the idea of the iPhone exit interview. Yeah, we're just doing that. A couple years ago. We're just stealing from them. So we're going to do that. We're just doing that. Yep. My past year was a journey. If listeners will remember, I started with the 10s Max. So I was a Plus phone user. You got me into the Plus Club back in the day. And so when there was a bigger iPhone 10, I was like, hey, yeah, let's do it. Let's go big. And the or Ma- go home, right? Go big or go home. And honestly, the Max didn't sit super well with me. A little too big for, for what I wanted. And I ended up with the iPhone XR. Really to review it because it was the most popular phone. <laughs> I forgot that you did that. Uh, I had a blue one. And then ended up at the end of the day selling my Max to a family member and ending up with the iPhone XS. This was all by like mid-January. So I've been on the 10s for this year. And I like the size a lot. But like I said earlier, the battery life on the 10s isn't as good as it could be. I think the 10 suffer from that too a little bit. The Max is about the same as the 10. Old phones by the time you're ready to... Well, I'm to saying run. even... My phone's only nine months old, so it's not... Right. My battery health is still like 99%. Mm-hmm. So it's not that it's aging. It's that even from the beginning, it wasn't as good as the Max and definitely not as good as the 10R. And so I'm excited about the four additional hours I will get. But the other thing that I haven't been in love with is the Smart HDR. You know, Federico and I have both spoken about this. I have it off of my phone because the Smart HDR on the 10s works too hard. It, it does. It tries to bring up shadows too aggressively. It smooths things way too much because it's it's noisier than I'd like it to be, and it tries to overcompensate. The 10s takes good pictures, but I haven't been there. There haven't been many pictures I've taken with it where I thought I'm in love with this straight off the camera. And I'm hopeful the 11 Pro will be able to fix that for me because so far, at least in what people have said, the 11 Pro seems awesome from the camera perspective. So those are my two downsides. But I've got to say, even with those being true, the 10s has been a really good phone. Like I've been happy with its performance in particular. It is never slow. You know, Apple has so much headroom on these processors now. It's just it's just bonkers. And I've been happy with the the iPhone 10 as a concept from the beginning. I, I've liked the gestures and everything they've been doing, even though Control Center's in the wrong place. I feel like this path is a good one. And while the 10s had some flaws, still a solid three and a half to four stars out of five for me. Mm. It's an exit interview with a star rating. I don't think that's how that... I haven't had a job in a while. Okay. I, don't, I don't remember. What about you? Um, I'm still happy with the size. It's what I want. Out of the phone? The Max? Max, yeah. I like the bigger size. I think that it works well for me. I like just having bigger screens where I can have them. Um, It's not so big that it's a problem. I think that they struck a good level. I still would want the Max phone to get some additional features that account for the fact that it's bigger and more expensive as opposed to just the screen like the Plus phones used to. But I also understand why Apple doesn't want to do that Yeah, I think that's that's not their their plan anymore, right? This year in particular, (laughs) changing the names... But at least I get more battery, so... Yeah, because you'll get an additional five over the four that mm-hmm. I'll get. So an extra hour is great. Um, my battery has gotten worse over time, as they always do. What's it's, your battery health in settings? Uh, 95%. Okay. Um, so I don't feel like that, 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 that like gives a full picture for what's going on, because it says my battery is currently supporting normal peak performance, but 
batteries just get worse over time. I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's in my brain or if it's true, but that's how it feels. But I use the battery case now when I travel, and I'm happy about that. Uh, there won't be a battery case available for a bit. I don't know when. They I always ever, wait. I don't think they're going to do it. Because they didn't do one for the 10R, and now the pros have similar levels of battery life. Well, I think they feel like it is uh, acceptable. Now, you may have to go third party, but I don't know if we're going to see one from Apple or not. They better do it because I'm mad otherwise. Because I like having a battery case now for when I travel. So, like, I get over a day. Oh, yeah. The battery case is great. Right. So, that's what I want. Um, but the I'm not worried about it for the mm, time being. Real-time follow-up. Okay. There was an iPhone XR smart battery case. Okay. So I, I regret the error. Yes. So I think the door could be open. I wish I wasn't. Right. Look, mine's on my desk, the battery case. It's great, especially when you travel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't use it day to day. Do you use it every day? No. Or just when you travel? Just when I travel. Just when I see you. Yeah. So from my point of view, use it 100% of the time. <laughs> I love when I take this off because my phone gets thin and light again. It's, a, it's too big, it's too heavy. It's beefy with the battery case. But I get what I need out of it, which is that I never have to worry about charging it's it so when great. I'm out and about all so, the So time yesterday you traveling. had a 24-hour travel day. Yeah. I did charge it. Okay. I did charge did it. Did you have to, though? Or you just do it because it was convenient? I think I wouldn't have been able to get away with it yesterday because I was watching videos and stuff Okay. On it. Um, when I was in the airport, I don't think I would have gotten away from it because it was more, way more than usual use okay. yesterday. But if I was just using it as I would normally use it, then I probably Easily. would have gotten away with Especially it. Especially if you put that thing in low power mode, it's yeah. just like... It just will stay on forever. Yeah. Um, I have continued to be frustrated with the regular cases covering the color of the phone. So I'm really happy about the clear case because I feel like I'm buying, I'm choosing the color of my phone specifically, like it's the color I want. Mm-hmm. I want to see that and using colored cases, which I also understand I can change it whenever I want to. Sure. But I want the option, especially at first. So I'm happy that the clear case revolution is upon us. Because you're going to go gold is what you want. That's the plan. Um, I've been getting some weird bugs recently on my phone. Messages locks up for like long periods of time. And I've had this happen three times in the last month when my phone just turns itself off and will not come on. I've had that twice with my iPhone XS and you have to like hard reboot it. Won't even do that. Yesterday I was doing the whole like press one button, press one button, hold another mm-hmm. one in 10 seconds. Would not do it. I had to just wait until it came back on its own again, which took. Yeah. And you know where I was? In an airport. That's this fine. is why I always get paper boarding passes. Because <laughs> what would I have done? Yeah, we had arguing about this last yeah. time we flew together. And it's proof for why I want that's paper good, boarding passes. Because yeah. I was in the airport. And my phone wouldn't turn on. I've had my tenants do that twice. Once on iOS 12 and once on the 13 beta. Mm-hmm. The first time it happened, I was running iOS 12. I was in my truck. Uh, unplugged it from CarPlay. And I was going to go biking. Got the bike off the truck and picked my phone up to like start a podcast. I was going to listen to something. It was like completely dead in the water. And I couldn't remember how to force reset it. Like the dance you have to do with the side buttons. And so I was with a friend of mine. I was like... Hey, can you Google? It's very embarrassing. I hate, I hate can you thing. Google hard reset iPhone XS? And he's a nerd, and he he's listening. And he what is it at me. like? Volume up, volume down, hold for, for like ten, seconds. For 10 I don't, seconds. I don't know. I have to look it up every time. But then I do the other way around as well if that doesn't work. Uh, yeah. So Ian say my bacon, but uh, it's a real pain when that happens. I don't. That worries me about the XS. You've had it too. Maybe there's something going on. Mm-hmm. Maybe I, mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just flakiness. But um, it's probably a bug in twelve. But I've had it in 13 once as well. Okay. But then 13 is also, the beta has not been, so who knows? Who knows? Yeah. It has not been bad enough where I've thought I need to have this phone like serviced. Like I don't think something's wrong with it, Mm -hmm. but 
I just kind of kept my eye on it. Yep. I still like smart HDR. I'm a true believer. I'm not one of these people that's now jumping on the small HDR socks bandwagon because a few people said it. I'm we not saying it. you said that. We Did said I say it. you said that? We said it a long time ago. I didn't say you said that. We there was the... like a whole conversation on this show going back between where Federico was really upset about it. You didn't like it and I loved it. Uh, we are smart HDR denier hipsters. I still like smart HDR and mm-hmm. I like what that did to my images and I like the images that I've seen in the new cameras where they've made improvements to smart HDR. So I'm cool with that, right? Like I liked it and now it's going to get better. Uh, this screen of, on my phone is incredibly scratched up and yeah. I've never had that before. Did your tin scratch? No. My tin scratched really badly and the 10S has been better, but it definitely still has some light scratches. But the stainless steel ring is like destroyed. Let me show you this thing. See that? It's like a big oh, scratch across oh, the middle. No. And I have a bunch up in the corner. Oh, that's sad. Adina has like a gouge in hers. That is like edge to edge. Yeah, it went all the way across the middle. This phone is enormous. It's big. It's extra big when it's got the case on it. It's oh, yeah. Big, it's big, a, it's, it's a like, big boy. It's like you handed me a watermelon. Yeah, <laughs> like, here you go. It's a big boy. <laughs> He's, he, no, he's traveling. He puts a bit of extra weight on when yep. he travels, like all of us. It's true. You come to America, you leave you're gonna a little, get a little bit bigger than when you a little heavier. So, uh, where do you, you know, how do you give it on, on the five star thing that I made up? Four. Pretty good? Yeah. Do you feel like it is, um, what they're doing with the 11 Pro, like, fits with what you would want out of a new phone? Yep. Okay. More battery, better camera, faster. That is clear what, cases, <laughs> clear cases. But that's the thing, though. Click. But well, I mean, that's what I'm looking for, mm-hmm. right? Like, I, I'm gonna upgrade anyway, right? Because that's just what my life is. Sure. But I would have wanted to upgrade. Like, I think Neilai Patel said this, um, and I can understand it. He's like, this is the first time in a long time where he recommends the year over year upgrade because the wow. camera changes are that good. I think the last time I felt that was maybe the seven to the ten. But yeah. it was such a huge price jump, it was hard to talk people into it. The year-over-year year upgrade hasn't made sense since... Usually it doesn't... Uh, six, they they six broke or that around six. Yeah. The, um, I, and I think even, honestly, the two-year cycle's broken, too. Because, look, Apple's on a three-year cycle now with these designs. Yep. Their naming hasn't caught up with that because the six, the 6S, and the 7 were all very similar. Even the 8 is close behind that in terms of design. But Isn't if, it kind of sh- funny that they've just gone back to the number? I was thinking about this when I was looking on their website a couple of days ago. They've just gone back to the number. Oh, the Roman numerals just gone? Yeah. Well, we I don't had think, two years of Roman numerals. I don't think they were ever going to do the, the No, they t- weren't tonight, ever, but it's just but kind of funny where it's like, we'll pretend, exactly. but let's just pretend that that never happened, shall we? Yeah, and I wonder too if they didn't have Mac OS X, if the iPhone may have just been iPhone one zero, but they like the X as their branding. It's in the lo- names of Logic and Final Cut, like... The, that they as a company like X as ten, yeah. and they just couldn't help themselves. Yeah, but like they they also shot themselves in the foot with it. Like it was, it there was a dead end. Well, because it, it's like what we were talking about with now how they're trying to flip it, right? Mm-hmm. With the iPhone eleven, right? Like the iPhone eight is the forgotten iPhone. It is. Who remembers anything the about thing is, that phone? It's a good phone. My, Mary has one. My wife has one. It's an iPhone ten inside. They still sell it. Yeah, with the camera. And if you want Touch ID, it's your last option. Although there's a rumor, do you see this? That there was a rumor for an iPhone SE early next year based on the 8. So, you know, like, they mm-hmm. did that with the 5S and the size went away and they brought it. So, there may be hope still, but if you like that size. But... Um, $449 it starts at now. For an 8? It's yeah. a good deal. It's for a good phone. 64 gigabytes. 
So I think if you are on, say you're on an iPhone 6S or a 7, I think if you're going to buy a phone this year for the holiday season, the 10R is a good deal now. $599. $599. But honestly, I think the 11, if, you, if you're really coming from a 6S, if you hold your phone that long, I'd say just do the 11. Yeah, I... Um, if you can afford it, it is expensive, but... It's like one of those things. If you're going to 600 can you go to 7 Right. And for a lot of people, it's not going to be possible. But for a lot of people, if you've gotten that far, mm-hmm. try and go that extra. You know, maybe you have a phone you can trade in. Apple loves a trade-in. Mm-hmm. And you can maybe get something for it. But, um, but yeah, I'm going to be selling. My phone's going to be moving on in the family. Uh, I will put it through Apple Care though. I'm gonna get one of the because I have Apple Care on this phone. Mm-hmm. That screen needs to be replaced. It's covered in scratches. I I it's within my right to change it for like fifty pounds or whatever. Sure. So I'm gonna do that and then then hand it over to a family member. The 10s is the first phone in a while I haven't broken. I never broke a 10s. Do you want to do it now? No. <laughs> <laughs> put it on your YouTube channel. I that happened with the. You should. My, we could make a viral video. So like, you go into the Apple Store, you pick up your new one, and you just throw the old one on the I feel ground. Like that's been done about. Doesn't matter. Times. You, you can do it though. It's been three years since I've had a viral video. That anniversary was this week. Is it still on your YouTube channel? It is. Um, it is still there. You're still trying to rake in the ad revenue. On it? it was too short to run ads on. It was like a 17 seconds or something. You just oh, you don't want to lose the stats. What is it? Why'd you keep it there? You just you know, it's not the kind of person that would remove something. Pretty much. 1.6 million views. Mm, that's what will be on my tombstone. Are you watching the Hiscate video? Yeah. I was saying with my seven plus, I. I broke a 7 Plus when my iPhone 10 was like in the mail to me. That was really disappointing. <laughs> when you have to go to the Apple store and have your phone screen replaced the day before the new iPhone comes out. Why'd you do it? It's really depressing. It was like destroyed. And the, uh, the 7 Plus was going to someone in the family. Right. I didn't want to hand it to them and be like, here's your new phone. I smashed it to pieces. So like, I wanted to have them them to have a, a, a fresh start. Okay. That phone's still floating around in the family. Still going. So uh, I feel like we've both been pretty happy with the 10s, but yep. I feel like the 11 is going to uh, just make things better. I'm I, sure the 11 will still get a 4. It's, oh, the, is, there's nothing so perfect. <laughs> yeah. I'm really excited. I'm more excited about this phone than I was the 10s. I mean, the last time I was this excited about a phone was the 10 and then probably... The 7 Plus was the first one with two cameras, mm-hmm. but like, you know, the 6S Plus is like, okay, cool. It won't be slow. Because remember how slow the 6 Plus was? It was awful. No. Had a gigabyte of RAM and it was just really, really slow. Maybe. Wasn't that the first one? Yeah, but like mm-hmm. we didn't notice it at the time because we were so yeah. blown away but by the screen as, size. As soon as you get the 6S Plus, you're like, oh no. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, like I remember towards the end, like when you'd pull down on a notification and like, it would like, you'd have to wait. Like you just <laughs> wait yeah. for everything to load. It's like yeah. there's a little man in there like cranking the notification oh, shade down by man, hand. That got real bad. Uh-huh. That phone was a little under underwhelming. but um, No, it wasn't underwhelming. It was amazing. Underpowered. It's, it was underpowered. It was a big phone. The first big phone. All right. We're going to talk. We're going to wrap up talking a little bit about Apple Arcade. Because it's out, question mark? It's kind of available. It's, a, it's available. You can get it. You can get it. Uh, but first, I'm going to tell get you it. about our third sponsor, and that is FreshBooks. If you're a freelancer, the idea of saving 192 hours probably sounds pretty great. And our friends over at FreshBooks can help you do that with their super simple cloud accounting software. Think about the tasks that 
come up when thinking about accounting. You have invoicing, you have expense tracking, you have getting paid online. And a lot of people probably use like three different things for that, right? Like we can be honest, you're probably tracking expenses in a Google sheet because that's where I used to be. But FreshBooks has drastically reduced the time it takes for over 10 million people, including me and you, to deal with the paperwork that comes along with having a business. FreshBooks automates late payment email reminders so you can spend less time chasing payments and more time working your magic. That's quite the phrase. You can work your freelance magic and not worry about chasing people down. And if you do have questions, well, FreshBooks FreshBooks gives you information about the status of an invoice. You can see whether that customer or not has opened it. So if they're on the phone saying one thing, you know the truth and you can deal with that if you have to. As a freelancer, we've all been there. FreshBooks gives you the information you need to move forward with those types of situations. If you're listening to this and you've not used FreshBooks, now is the time to try it because they're offering an unrestricted 30-day free trial for listeners of this show. There's no credit card required. All you have to do is go to freshbooks.com connected and enter the code connected in the how did you hear about us section. Once again, that's freshbooks.com connected and the code connected for an unrestricted 30-day free trial. We thank FreshBooks for their support of this show and Relay FM. Tell us about Apple Arcade. It launched surprise, to the surprise of everybody. So Apple Arcade was supposed to be launching uh, on Thursday the 19th, so tomorrow. But a couple of days ago, it just appeared, if you were running 13.1, on any device. So it's available on the iPad if you're running it on the iPad, which it was unsure if we were going to have to wait until like iPad OS officially shipped before uh, Apple Arcade would be available. But it is now. You can go get it. You sign up for nine a month. Uh, and the breadth of games available for this service currently is incredible. Um, it was kind of funny in a, in a way. Um Developers did not know this was going to be happening. So Apple Arcade developers, I follow a lot of Apple Arcade companies that are making games for Apple Arcade sure. on Twitter just because there's a lot of game makers that I'm interested in and have been interested in on other platforms for years that are making games for this for this service. Uh, it was funny to watch them kind of reacting. Um, I downloaded, I think, 45 games that I'm legitimately interested in trying. Holy moly. Um, so that kind of shows the level. I, there are still games appearing on the service. So since the initial launch... Um, there have been more games added and I haven't yet been able to go in and look at some of the more games that have been added because I still have so many that I want to just get through. And there's been a couple where I've opened them up, I've played them a little bit and I'm like, this one isn't for me. But I don't care because I'm finding games that I'm really enjoying. So I want to give you a couple of highlights of the games that okay. I've played so far. So Assemble with Care. Um, this game was originally called Repair. It is from Us Two Games, who you may know from creating Monument Valley. Um it is a game that has knolling involved, which is I know you love, which is the idea where you're taking things out and placing them down. You're basically repairing things, and there's a big story element to the game as well. So um, the the title character, Maria, she is a she fixes stuff, and so you're fixing stuff. So you unscrew things. You would love this game. I'm installing it right now. Because it's a game to repairing stuff. I've played all these games on my iPad, by the way. Obviously not on my iPhone yet. Um, another game that I've been enjoying is Card of Darkness, which is from Zach Gage, who is responsible for many of my favorite iOS games of all time, um, like Flip Flop Solitaire, for example. 
He worked with the creator of Adventure Time to create this game. Card of Darkness is fun, but really very difficult. Um, but I've been playing that, and I've liked that a lot. Sayonara Wild Hearts is unbelievable this was one of this was the game that they showed it was the third demo that they showed from Annapurna Interactive I blacked out during the second one it is a part fighting part rhythm game the music is incredible uh, John Syracuse is losing his mind over this game so if you like John's uh, thoughts on these types of things which you should because he's very good at this stuff he can pick good games this is one of them it is absolutely fantastic um I've also put some time into Skate City, which is a game that I've been wanting to play for yeah, years. Yeah, I've been playing that. Um, it is published by the company behind Alto's Odyssey and Alto's Adventure. It's Snowman. beautiful. Um, so it's, I'm really excited to to put more time into this. Skate City feels like it will be more at home on my iPhone than my iPad. It's a yeah, I, I've played it on both, and it's much better on the phone. Yeah, so I I haven't been able to do that yet. So I'm looking forward to that. But there's still a bunch of other games that I'm excited to try out. Overland is a game that I've had my eye on for a while. It's just come out for the Switch too. I actually played Overland at XOXO in like 2016 or something. Mm-hmm. What the Golf is a game that. Ever, I've. This is my next game to try out. This is a game um, that I've seen many people say is making them laugh out loud. Hmm. Uh, it is golf where, like, so for example, that one of their like the parts of the trailer is you are pulling to flick the golf club, right? Like mm-hmm. to go, and as you strike, it's actually the person that flies the <laughs> golf ball. So there's like a bunch of other stuff. Uh, there's lots and lots and lots of games. Um, I said this before, it was my expectation, and now I've seen the breadth of the games available. This is the best value for money of any streaming of any subscription service that Apple, Apple offers. I can't believe it's only $5 a month. That they are... I'm... They have definitely exceeded my expectations with the types of games that they have available. They have a really good spread of weird indie games that wouldn't make sense or wouldn't make money, right? Or would be difficult to make money to very deep games from... Or Mini Motorways is another one. If you play Mini Metro, it's a sequel to Mini Metro. I've been playing that. It's great. So, like, they have a very interesting spread of the types of games and the types of companies if they keep this up gaming on ios has completely changed if they're able to maintain this they have fixed the model they fixed it from the iap focus games to this now it is unknown at the moment exactly what the deals are for these companies for as much as i've been able to put together from secondhand people muttering things to me and people that I know that are smart in this industry who think they can work out what's going on. It seems a lot like Apple is just paying upfront money to companies to build games for them. It is unknown what that's going to look like going into the future, if they're going to keep doing that Um, or if they're going to start moving to, for as much as I'm able to understand, they are not doing which what people thought they were, which was the amount of time played on a game means how much money you're going to make. It seems like that there is a pretty set fee for a lot of companies. But this might just be of the people that I've known, that's what they're dealing with. Yeah. Maybe if you're a smaller developer, you don't get that. But Apple are the publisher of these games. It's why the Apple Arcade logo shows up before anything else. Mm-hmm. Right? They are fronting the money for companies to make these games. It is unknown what this is going to look like going forward. Apple isn't talking about it. Obviously, the developers can't talk about it. Um 
We'll see. But for as much as I've been able to piece together, it seems like the companies that have been offered this deal, they all wanted to do it because it was a good deal. I think Apple, if anything, they're going to have to work harder at that over time if they want to keep the pace up Mm -hmm. of new games every month. But I imagine that they're getting more pitches than they can handle right now. Yeah, probably. But I think in the long term, I would imagine that they'll be the bill for quite some time yeah but i am very 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 excited about digging into more and more of these games uh as time goes on and it's now going to be the only place i'm looking for new games so i always spend time looking for games on the app store right because i love games on ios i will now be going first to the apple arcade tab yeah because the any other game you're is either going to be pay up front or it's going to it's going to it's nag not even you to so death. much for the economics. It's because I'm already paying for this service, so I may as well go there first because in theory I already own these games. I've paid for these games. I have noticed something which is frustrating to me. I have on my iPads the setting turned on to download apps automatically. Mm-hmm. It does not work with Apple Arcade right now on the 30.1 beta. Hmm. What if you download it on one device, it's on that one device. It doesn't download to the other device. Hmm. Did you see Game Center's leaning into Memoji? Did you get presented that? Yes. Yeah, it's like we, right? That's like that's how you create forgot, your icon for the I Switch. Game Center was still around. Yeah, I think Game Center is important for this. There's a lot I've noticed. A lot of games have achievements, which is funny. Yeah, and I played one uh, called Agent Intercept, mm-hmm. a car racing type game, and they only unlock new levels every set number of hours. And I just instantly got frustrated with that and like took it off because if I'm like into a game, I want to keep playing it. Wait, what? So, like, you could play level one, and level two would be unlocked in five hours. Why? It's dumb. It's a bad decision. Because Is it part of the game mechanic? Not that I can tell. Like, it's not like the thing happens five hours later in the game. They want you to keep coming back and want to send me push notifications. I was like, this is not what I want from this. So this is so I, I've seen a few games like this. Um, I, if I'm into something, as someone who doesn't play yeah. mobile games hardly at all, I was actually into it. I was like, oh, I want to keep going, and then I couldn't for three hours. Like, well... Forget this. That That's really weird. I mean, I've seen some of this, though, where there are games that were clearly made for the in-app purchase idea that have been brought over to and Apple This Arcade, may have been that. And that they are basically... They are being retrofit. Mm-hmm. So, like, the Frogger game was obvious, right? Like, I spoke about this a couple of weeks ago. If you have costumes for a character in a game, you're supposed to buy the costumes. Yep. So there is some stuff like this where there's like these remnants of a previous business model. Mm-hmm. That one is particularly weird. I have that game downloaded. I want to see what is going on yeah. with that because that's very off-putting. It is. Because why? Yeah. Uh, if there was a reason, like there could be a legitimate gameplay reason to do this yeah. where it's like they're trying to make it feel more immersive, right? Yeah. So it's like, oh, you have to come back during these hours yeah. to complete the mission, right? Like there are games that do stuff sure. like that and, and it can be a thing. But if it's just like, no, we're unlocking four hours. Why? I already yeah. own you. Give yep. me the levels. Exactly. So yeah, all in all, I think Apple Arcade is off to a really good start. Mm-hmm. I really think it's going to be... It will be popular... Almost by default because, A, it's a tab in the App Store, mm-hmm. which is a big deal. Uh, and with a 30-day free trial, and it's $5 a month. And if you have iCloud family sharing, turn on like we do, Everyone my, gets my spouse and children can play it too. I think this is going to be a big hit. Yep. 
And so far, I'm uh, even as someone who doesn't play a lot of games, I'm impressed. And I'm, I've gone back through today looking for new things and a couple of types of games I would like to have that aren't there yet. I'm excited. Yep. I did not expect to be so enthusiastic Good. about this. I'm pleased because that's the point, right? That's, that's what that's what they need to be doing. Is mm-hmm. if they can capture people like you, it will help them try and change the economics of the game of gamings of gaming in the app store a bit. Yep. All right. I think that does it for this week's in-person episode of Connected. But if you enjoy listening to us together, there's so much more available to you this week. <laughs> Six hours, in fact. Friday, September 20th, starting at 4 p.m. Eastern, twitch.tv slash relay. Be there. Be there. You want to be there. It's going to be amazing. We've got a lot of stuff planned. Uh, I have a nice jacket. Um, we have got some fun things that we're working on. Twitch.tv slash RelayFM. Let me say it correctly. I said it Relay a moment ago. Twitch.tv slash RelayFM. Please come and hang out. If you want to find links to other stuff we spoke about, they're in your podcast client of choice, but they're also on the web at relay.fm slash connected slash 261. While you're there, you can get in touch with feedback or follow it via email, or you can do so on Twitter. You can find Mike on Twitter as I-M-Y-K-E, and you can find me there as I-S-M-H. Federico is not here this week, but his iOS 13 review, iPad OS 13 review, will be up this week. So be sure to check out MacStories.net tomorrow. And uh, and uh, block off your weekend. Yeah, call in sick on Friday. Because you're busy Friday. We've got Federico in the morning. you got us in the evening. Just just take a long weekend. Yeah, yeah it's fine by us. Uh, we'll sign the doctor's note. Yeah. So be sure to look for that. It's genuinely awesome and i'm very happy and proud of for him once again to be doing this uh, so check that out uh, i'd like to thank our sponsors this week express vpn Eero, and fresh books and until next time mike say goodbye bye adios